Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Corey Brandon is a songwriter's songwriter. Like his primary inspiration, as he describes here in the course of this conversation, John Prine was Corey's funny. His songs are funny uh, in, a, in a way that's all his own. And he's a hardworking dude. He's been doing this for a couple of decades. He started playing guitar and got good at it before he thought about being a songwriter. And to hear him describe that is a really fascinating part of the discussion you're about to hear. Corey uh, drives himself around. In fact, when we do this interview, he pulls off on the side of the road in the rust belt uh, after a hailstorm, and and it's just turned over to snow, and he's parked there. You'll hear car doors opening and closing. You'll hear him light a cigarette and exhale a bunch of smoke out the window of his car. It's uh, it's kind of old school stuff, and I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, kids don't smoke and et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, Corey Brandon is uh, he's the real deal, and his songs are great, and he's a very generous interview subject. So I'm really glad I got to bring him here for you all to hear his insights on this Wheels Off. Please welcome Corey Brandon. Welcome to Wheels Off, Corey Brandon. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Rip. My pleasure. Uh, for the edification of our listeners, where are you right now? I am. Uh, I think I'm outside Cleveland. I'm. Uh, I have a drive day between Columbus and Boston, so I got 12 hours. <laughs> and and so on this and like you just told me before we started, uh, like most of your dates, you're flying completely solo. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I found that it's. Uh, you know, to keep the light bills on at the house, you know, to pay all that. I, I find it helps. Um, I do piece the band together for like, you know, festival stuff, or if I have a, a run that's, that's linchpinned around a few gigs, I'll, but even then I only do like a three piece, you know, I like to, I like still have room to maneuver. Tell me if you've encountered this before. Cause I, my job description is so similar to yours. You and I are basically the same person. Um, <laughs> do uh, when you do, spend the extra money and trot a band out there and go to all the, the, um, the trouble to bring a band to present the songs as they should be, blah, blah, blah. Do you wind up then also having people complain like, ah, I wish you had just played solo. Well, it's always something else. Yeah. It's always the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I have people all the time. They're like, well, your records are so fleshed out. You know why? Why don't you make a record like your live show? I'm like, cause you would throw it out of your car. I'm <laughs> like, it's like, it's, uh, the thing I do is it's, you know, that live thing is it has, it involves, it's, there's a temporal aspect that happens right then and it disappears. And if you're not in the room, you don't see 
how I'm playing the I rush and drag. I get quiet. I get loud. I'm like, you'd be like, why is this hillbilly whispering and yelling at me? You know, it's like (laughs) bootlegs don't really work for me very well. So that's pretty funny. But God, do they exist out there now? Right. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Everybody's got, you know, their pros. At least at least the iPhone uh, recorders are getting a little better. You know, in the early days, I was like all these phasing things. (laughs) Yeah, at least all my most embarrassing moments can now be recorded with a better, better fidelity. Yeah, I love it. Um, what are you working on right now, and how does it light you up? Uh, yeah, I just I just dropped its new one. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, it's you know how it is. We it was completely in the can like in February, man. So I was just sitting on it. You know how supply chain and all that stuff. So it's nice. It's nice to be in the way. I mean, it's fresh. Like, I don't even think the placenta's come out yet. I mean, this thing just dropped Friday. And so, yeah, it's nice to have people put their ears on the whole thing. Is uh, it? I think I might know the answer to this question because everybody else deals with this in, in our job. That period between finishing something, getting it in the can for you, it was February. And when it finally comes out and you start having people hear it and respond to it, is that tough on you? Oh, yeah, it's torture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, like I and especially on me, because I'm the kind of person like when I buy people like Christmas presents or something, I'm just like, you want it today? You know, <laughs> and they're like, I can't I can't sit on surprises, you know. And so but I'm even that way when I when I so people know these songs for the most part, because, um, you know, I as soon as I write them or sometimes while I'm writing them, I'll play them on stage. And so, you know, uh, these they stack up, you know, it takes a while between records. And so I just have these huge stacks of songs that people kind of know if they come to the show so so they'll know the song um but then you, you know they always take on obviously new life when 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 i get in to record well that's so funny that you made the decision to just go ahead and share them rather than try and hold them back and <clears throat> do it because because as you said now everybody can just record it and share it with each other before it comes out do you worry that the fans will get demoitis and so they'll like well i liked it better when you the day you wrote it yeah, you know, that's a thing. That's a thing. Uh, some people like that, you know, some, like I say, I play them sometimes in mid writing. And so they'd be like, oh, I like this line better. I'm like, well, tough. I'm like, go, go listen to your, go listen to your iPhone. <laughs> it's not better. Trust me, it's not better. <laughs> so since February, when the record got put in the can, are you able to write during that window of anticipation uh, or do you work on other stuff? What are you working on now? Creatively? Yeah. You know, I, I, I find I, I write in, uh, I never really worry when I have like dry, you know, dry spells or whatever. It's not for me. It's um, I, I, I didn't write a lot during the plague, you know, during COVID I had to scramble and uh, figure out as well. You know, I got kids. I'm like, I got to keep this, uh, this, this rolling. And so I had to, I, I did that thing that I've been putting off for years and I learned how to record and mix and master at the house, you know, and I, I always, I'm a little bit obsessive. So I knew if I learned what this one knob in the studio does, I want to know what every knob does. And so I learned what every knob does. And I, wow. I put out, I put out like five direct to fan cover records. You know, they would ask for a tune and uh commission a tune. And then the ones that I enjoyed, I'd put out and they were, some of them made sense replacement Springsteen, a little bit more of my wheelhouse. And then some of them were like, Hey, can you do peaches? Fuck the pain away. I'm like, yeah, you got it. Here it comes. You might, you might not like it, but here it comes. So it was fun. It was great. And I think it informed at least when I um, got back in the studio, at least I could speak frequencies to the engineer, you know, instead of like, oh, maybe something a little crunchy here or, you know, instead of using, you know, musician adjectives. 
Yeah, yeah. the poetic words. I, I've never understood that. Did you find a lot of silver linings in that downtime? Like in, in addition, obviously, to learning how to fucking record at home, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were, you know, because um, I tour a lot. And so, um, you know, in the early days when my son was just born, I'd come home every you know month off tour and I'd be like, Who, who's this kid? You know, he replaced my kid with an, a completely different human being. And so uh, he's eight now. And so the changes are a little less stark. But yeah, it was great. Um, it was it was a little tricky because my wife and I decided to get divorced right before COVID. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. And just, you know, growing up, growing apart, you know, no crazy drama or anything like that. And um, and then the plague hit. And we were like, well, let's not drop this on our kids head just yet. And so uh, we still live together. We've been like groovy roommates for like two and a half years, you know. And so, but so it was great. It was great kind of just spending the time, you know, there and, and, and uh, just watching him grow in real time instead of in, uh, you know, frames here and there, you know. Yeah. It's funny you put it like that, but it is, it is that way, right? It's almost like a stop motion thing where yeah. a month later, it's like you said, a different kid. What's it? That's sweet. What's his name? Clemens. Yeah. Call him Clem. Yeah. After Samuel Clemens and my daughter, Jane, yeah. she, yeah, yeah, and my daughter Jane, she's in uh, Tulsa. She's from before my wife, had, so she's ten now. So yeah, yeah, I got, I got the whole set. Then I oh, got that's... soldered off. I got soldered off. No more creating, <laughs> creating. No more creating lives to screw up. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Highly recommended. The little PSA in the middle here for vasectomies. Get it? It didn't hurt. I drove home. I got it done in uh, Memphis. And drove back to Nashville right after. Of course, now the meds wore off, and I had to hit my brakes closer to Nashville, and I regretted that one move. But other than oh. that, man, it was it was a piece of cake. <laughs> um, so you have been doing this. I, I've been hearing about you for a long time, and I've I've I love the way you approach songwriting. I it, I just think that your voice is so cool and specific and unique. Um. I wonder when it was all starting for you. Do you remember there being like a moment? Uh, do you remember there being like an epiphany moment where you knew oh, you're going to be a yeah, songwriter, I, musician? Absolutely. Well, I started playing guitar when I was like 13, you know, and I was just playing in all metal bands and then country bands with my metal guitars, whoever needed, you know, that. And I, you know, I was terrified of my voice and I was, you know, so I didn't write a song until I was, you know, 24 or something, you know? Um, so I didn't really, do that till later on um but yeah for me um the sort of the moment was, and i always wrote you know bits here and there but not songs and i started playing out in my early 20s playing out and you know uh like open mic nights and stuff and just you know tentatively playing a lemon heads cover or you know something you know trying to get over wanting to vomit every time i heard my voice <laughs> but uh but yeah i, I went out I can pinpoint it almost. I, I heard the music. I had somehow missed John Prine's music. Mm -hmm. And when I heard John Prine and there were, there were a few heavyweights. I had missed, somehow missed Leonard Cohen and, you know, and some of Joni Mitchell stuff, you know, I'd heard blue and stuff, but I hadn't heard hissing of the summer lawns. And like some of the, some of these things hit me all at the same time, but especially John Prine, I was like, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. You know, it's like his humor, which is very different than mine. I have a sort of a dark Southern defensive humor he's very open in midwest and cornball and warm but he would how he would diffuse us diffuse your uh, make you relax with the humor and then he just slipped the knife in you know there's always this balance in his songs that's there's a sort of a darker an undercurrent but it's balanced with that and i i really was drawn to that even though we had very di different sensibilities but uh yeah that that was an eye-opener for me yeah 
I wonder if you waiting like you did to get into, I mean, 24 is not old to write your first song by any means, but um, I wonder if uh, it came more naturally because you were a little bit older than if you had started when you're like 16. I know I I do know that I don't have a lot of, like a lot of my friends have like you know really embarrassing you know early stuff where the where the music is uh very insular you know kind of points back and it's not really useful for other people you know um so I I think I avoided some of that maybe um but I do know that I was uh that it was like floodgates you know like I when I wrote one I wrote like 40 it just was like Phew. and so that it was nice to have that sort of you know, build up of momentum, you know, because some people are like, oh, yeah, the first record. And then you've got what do you write about? You write about the road. I'm like, nice. No, like, I, I luckily wrote like the first three records, you know, <laughs> like it's so I was fortunate, I think. Oh, my God, that's nice. Um, so I wonder, it feels like when you describe writing that much, it feels like it must have some kind of a therapeutic element to it. Do you think Oh, my that- God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's the only con- consistent form of happiness i have <laughs> like everything else is like oh, let's see what this does for me this time yeah the writing itself um uh, well that, uh, the the time on stage is great you know everything in between it's kind of pain in the ass but uh on stage is great playing is is also therapeutic but the writing itself yeah, yeah. i and um and i find you know i've never really said i'm going to write this or i'm going to sit down and do this you know, I'm feeling this, so I'm going, you know, it's not like that. It's it's the actual work itself that that snowballs and generate. You know, I don't I don't have any particular wisdom to impart. Even now at 47, my kids are so screwed. I don't you know, I could tell them how to pick a dive motel, you know, over one over the other. But I don't have any wisdom. So but as I'm writing, I'll, I'll be like, I'll stumble onto things. And I'm like, OK, that's true. That, there's a little truth there. You know, and you got to lie my ass off to get to that truth, you know, to, to you know, art, it's artifice, you know, and yeah. so I don't write, I don't write out of me. I, I don't interest myself, but I, uh, the work interests me. You know? It's funny. I, I always, I'm always grateful when people try and explain the, the weird process that is, you know, making something out of nothing. And, and the fact that you're getting into it right now, normally I don't try and dig in much, but since you brought it up like when you're writing do you you say you don't have an idea that you're trying to specifically write down towards a certain thing but how stream of consciousness is it for you it's it's not necessarily stream of consciousness it it, it is associative um I, I i never wrote for instance i never wrote on the road i, I just for the longest time and uh, i would wait until i got off the road and you know you're still you know the, the hardwoods moving underneath your bed you still feel like you're going you have that energy but then after i had kids i was like well i just got home and i just wanted to see the kids you know so i was like i have to learn to ride on the road and so now before i turn the key i start uh making associations you know for me all creativity is just you know one thing reminds you of another you know somebody was like oh yeah we great we get it poets one thing is like another you know but it's, it's true <laughs> you, know, you know and so i just start sort of uh, you know really looking at the room i'm in really looking at the road and seeing and just being observant before i even start going down the road and then i find i could be in that frame of mind and so um uh, so that helps um but yeah i don't i don't sit down with definitive ideas you know like i'm not it I'll, have, I'll be inspired, you know, but usually the, you know, the content will, the form will create itself. I, I tend to write in meter. Mm-hmm. I tend to write to a rhythm. Um, 
And so, uh, and I tend to overwrite, you know, uh, for every verse, people have ever written three, at least, you know, and, and, uh, and sometimes I'll write through a song, you know, you got you always got to write past that thing in your head. that's like, oh, this is trite garbage, you know? <laughs> and so then I'll write that song and, and then, and one line of that will remind me will be interesting. And then I'll write that song, you know, and a lot of times the songs argue with themselves too. I'll write a song that's arguing with that song in it. And then the result of that argument will be the song that I, that interests me. Oh God, that's so great. That's a Leonard Cohen thing for sure is to overwrite, to write a hundred verses. Well, 10 verses for one that you keep. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just, just, just edits them down to where they're almost all, you know, any line you could put on a gravestone and you'd be fine. You know, oh like they, they, they feel so uh, permanent. His, his lyrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's funny you bring up that the voice that tells you that you it's trite bullshit, right? And um, I wonder about that because that's such a um, ubiquitous um, uh, problem in our job or in in any creative job, basically. I wonder what you have figured out to get past those sort of interior, the self-generated obstacles, the voices in your head that try to keep you down. Yeah, you know, um, it's I, you can boil anything down to trite bullshit. You know, if, if, it's like you pull any little great passage from Shakespeare and you, and you put it in your head enough and say it enough. You're like, oh, this is just that, you know, you can you can find where Tom Petty said it better. You know, yeah, it quicker, you know, <laughs> but um, but, you know, but then you have the angle that no one has actually ever had the exact experiences that I've had. No one sees the world exactly like I do. And so, you know, it's all been said, but you can you can freshen that shit up. You can dust it off and hit it from a new facet, you know. Um, for, and, and for me, the, what it boils down to for me is the uh, my sort of test uh, on them is uh, does it does it need to fucking exist? Is it useful? You know, can somebody maybe use it? You know, because it's there's no there's plenty of songs. You know, <laughs> there's plenty. Uh, I'm like, is this? You know, can somebody use this? That's my sort of test, you know. It's funny that you bring that up because it's something I think about all the time and I don't really hear people talking about is the utility, the utility of this song, you know, speaking to somebody or, or like you say, being useful in their life. But but it is, I, I, I agree with you. And I wonder if you would take that a step further and say that this thing we do that sometimes seems really vainglorious or 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 hollow or whatever that there is a, a level of sort of nobility to it I mean, i'm not saying we're heroes or we're capes or whatever but like it, <laughs> it's it's a real thing where you're giving something to the universe which you oh absolutely yeah you know and it's uh i i totally believe it because music has done that for me you know yes. it's been you know music is that is that uh person you know it's like i don't i can just lean on it when i need to um, and, and, and get out of my skull, get, see a little bit of a bird's eye view of something. Um, and so if I can, uh, ideally do that with uh, a song, I, I'm, I'm going to try. And, and that's my big thing too, is like, I don't want to waste anyone's time. So I, I, I really like to make sure that, you know, the, this, the first 10 seconds or whatever, by the time we're at minute you know, three, I've taken you somewhere, you know, like there was a point to me borrowing some of your time, you know? Yeah. And so I think, I think people over the years, you know, you, you can come to trust a songwriter that it's, it's not just going to be, you know, uh, spent time, you know, but there's, you know, there's, there's all kinds of music 
there's there's music for the body you know you don't have yeah. to you don't you don't have to come away wiser there's body music there's there's all kind of reasons for music you know but i i i like to have a little you know a little calories in mind you know? yeah i mean that was the thing like you said you're a fan of music and the thing that helped you is was that kind of music that has text subtext melody that carries the vehicle for a story and so, stories you can come back to later in your life you know again like i'm i'm, I'm going through a divorce you know um, and I, ha I haven't listened to blood on the track since the divorce, but I guarantee you it's going to hit different. You know, mm. it's like there, there's certain songwriters have, uh, you know, uh, uh, a depth to it or a density to the songs where you can come back at different times in your life. And you're like, holy shit, you know, this, this part wasn't unlocked yet. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's funny when when just now when you were describing how like you'll beat yourself up about a song as you're writing it and um, you'll say like, well, Shakespeare said it better or Tom Petty said it quicker and these other people I wonder if because when you were when you're saying that it, it sounded to me like you were describing a scenario where you're willing to be generous to these other writers whereas you're not willing to be generous to yourself as your own first listener does that oh, yeah. sound like a good description right yeah no that's spot on yeah I'm, I'm just I'm just a bastard to myself yeah <laughs> and I, I have to get past that you know because there's like it's not just a first layer of defense there's like three or four of those guys in my head you know and I, I have to tackle them every time you know i'm just like just just ignore that guy okay kick that guy on the inside of his left knee yeah. i just sort of have these you know I, I know how to take them down slowly one at a time and uh yeah you gotta do it you know yeah, well, I mean, you've you've clearly done it because you've been able to make a career out of this and and create a catalog and and you know um, the life you've built is is you're, you're living it. A lot of people gave up when that voice started in on them, and you've been able to figure it out. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the whole. You know, you've been at it a little longer than me too. You know, uh, but even me starting in like '99, the whole thing has changed out from under me three times. You know, I started around Napster, and then. Then you've got, uh, you know, then you got Clear Channel and you got all these, you know, it just keeps changing. And even now, like post COVID, um, towns where, you know, I had made a lot of progress. Now I don't know. You know, it's a grab bag. You know, one, you don't know if you're going to get there and it's going to be like rejoicing that there's live music still or if it's going to be like Cormac McCarthy novel and there's going to be like shot <laughs> shopping carts and cannibals. It's like, it, it, I don't know what the hell's going on anymore, you know, so, but I'm, I'm a lifer. I'm still at it. So I, I'm not hanging sheetrock again. I'll put it like that. <laughs> Amen. Oh man, I love that. Well, I wonder if you would be willing to try and sum up the this kind of wisdom that you've been imparting with uh, on us today. If you were encountered with a 21-year-old version of yourself in today's world, what advice would you give 21-year-old you? Okay, just as a human or as a, a musician? Up to you. Okay. Um, I don't know if I have a lot of advice. You know, mine's all like, you know, don't get your hair cut at a place that's supposed to work cuts with a K or Z. It's just all practical. Tap, tap. <laughs> um, so I'd probably tell musician me, um, to uh, do it all yourself, you know, um, go back to old school grassroots stuff, keep the email list, make sure you can talk directly with fans. I'm on a label at LA on this record, Blue Alana. They're great, but they're also, they have their, their focus on the grassroots stuff. It's still that direct, direct thing. Even, you know, the, the algorithm lords that control our access on these social things, they, they seem so arbitrary every two weeks. There's like, how like, how can I make this app worse? You know? <laughs> and so 
that's what you think is direct is not, you're not reaching the people, you know? Um, so yeah, anything you can do to be, uh, to, to keep it self-contained, you know, and then the road, especially anything you can do to be self-contained, um, and, you know, in general, don't take things personally. Um, you know, don't take crap shows personally. Don't take uh, a disgruntled sound man personally. It's nothing to do with you. You know, most people's bullshit has nothing to do with you, but especially disgruntled sound man, it's really nothing to do with you. You know, is that is that advice that you would spin out to not just musician you, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Most people, you know, pe- people aren't aren't even noticing. You know, it's like they're, they're, you know, everybody's in their own little world, you know, and so, and that's to me is the beauty of uh, this 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 sort of life is you know you get to try to bridge a connection, you know, and especially now when it's all ah, information, information, but all in the smallest, you know, uh, race to the smallest attention span possible um, to connect. Uh, one, this the kind of music I make is very one on one. You know, it's it's not going to be played as um, alas, it's not going to be played as a, a baseball guy comes out to bat. You know, it's not going to be the walkout music. It's a very one on one music. And uh, so but I, that's that's the music that I like, you know, so it, it, it's it's fun. It's a good job. Well, it's funny. Do you do you find yourself um, when people say what kind of music do you like? Do you, do you like your own music, right? You. I, I think that it's okay if yeah. the answer is yes, because I mean, I feel like it is for me. Like, is that part of why that's why we do what we do? Cause we like this. Yeah. I, I make the music that I like and, and, and not just from album to album, from song to song, you know, yeah. like I'm sort of like genreless, like, you know, I, that sort of, I, my obscurity allows me the permission to do whatever <laughs> I want. And I've been lucky enough to find labels and I'm like, you'll put out whatever I hand you. Right. And they're like, yes. So, um, I get to go and just do whatever a song wants. Um, so yeah, so I don't ha- I don't feel this um, this sort of uh, aesthetic attachment uh, or, or limitations, you know. And so to me, I can the music that I'm interested in at the moment. It doesn't have to be representational of me as long as it, it works for the song, and you know, I don't. So yeah, I can stay interested in what I'm interested in. You know, like I'm interested in sense at the moment, you know, and I. You know, that's a little played out in some things, but I don't, I don't get shit, you know, it's like, I like a good DX seven, you know, or something, you know, if the song wants it, that's what it wants. Do you think there's something to the idea that you don't have a boss? You're your own boss. You love what you do. Oh yeah. 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 You know, um, and it's, you know, again, now that I have kids, I'm, I'm not exactly my own boss. There, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm middle management, but, uh, but yeah. It's it's nice to 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 at least have the illusion of freedom. You know, I, it's a certain flavor of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it, man. I really admire what you do, and I just I think I think you're great, and I really appreciate you sitting down, pulling off the highway, to give me a few minutes of your time and wisdom. Oh no, I really appreciate. I'm a I'm a huge fan. I didn't want to geek out too much, but I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm a long time fan. I, I do that. I'm gonna do that thing where people tell you where they saw you but i i used to catch y'all in memphis all the time with high tone and stuff like back in the days and uh i'm just i'm a huge fan so yeah thank you and this, oh, is, man. this is an absolute pleasure thank you so much all right thank you so much for listening to wheels off please be sure to rate and review the show on itunes that helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know 
that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Osiris. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.